Here at Soul Infusion, our goal is finding a path of awareness through personal empowerment and healing, to grow as individuals and as a collective through conscious existence. By discussing different healing modalities, energy work, and all things metaphysical, we strive to increase your individual consciousness and well-being to positively affect the collective consciousness. We invite you to join us on our journey of honest self-discovery and truth. So raise your frequency and let the good vibes flow. This is Soul Infusion. Welcome to Soul Infusion. We are five professional power women of Wu. I'm Jen. I'm Tracy. I'm Christina. I'm Heather. And I'm Christy. We're passionate about alternative healing modalities and everything metaphysical, including Reiki, meditation, tarot cards, mediumship, yoga, crystals, and much, much more. We want to explore infinite resources with you to help to unlock all of the endless possibilities and finding a unique path to personal enlightenment. We hope that you join us in our journey of vibrational well-being and grow with us as we grow. Today, our topic is the healing modality of Holy Fire Reiki. This is a type of Reiki. There are many different types as we often refer to in our podcasts, and this is one type that is fairly new. It was introduced, Holy Fire Reiki was introduced in January of 2014, and it continues to evolve and change, so it's rapidly growing. Um, the, the latest version of Holy Fire Reiki is Holy Fire version three, and the word holy in Holy Fire Reiki does not hold a religious connotation as I thought it did when I first heard it, the term. I, I thought, in fact, I heard it at a time when I was still struggling with the religious versus the healing metaphysical part of Reiki. So I thought, oh, well, this says holy in it. You know, this could be a good bridge for people who are unsure, including myself. But uh, it really doesn't have a, a religious connotation, the word holy. Rather, in this case, holy means whole and complete. So it's spiritual energy and creates a wholeness through purification, healing, empowerment, and guidance. Holy Fire Reiki is similar to Asui Reiki, only it uses placements and ignitions rather than attunements as you progress through the course. As it evolves, higher frequencies of energy are attained, and once a person reaches Holy Fire Reiki 1, 2, or master levels, they continue to develop within the student and work continuously. This energy refines personality as you progress and provides guidance in all walks of life. Today's guest is Rick Credland Proctor. He was born in England in February, 1958, exactly 10 years, 10 years prior to me. I was interested in that. Um, and is an Asui Reiki and Holy Fire Reiki practitioner and master teacher. He has practiced and taught Holy Fire Reiki in the US in Canada, in the UK, and in Spain, where he resides now. He also does distant Reiki sessions for clients all over the world. Thank God. Thank God for that. Welcome, Rick. I will start with the first question, if you're okay with that. How did you get started in Reiki, and specifically Holy Fire Reiki, and how has this impacted your life and your business? Well, um, let me go back and give you a brief history. Um, born in England in a place called Lincoln, went to school, didn't like it very much at all. And I actually left school at 16 and joined the army. 17 years later, I left the British forces um, and I went into financial services. Uh, eventually, I ran my own business for a length of time, uh, very much into um, the, uh, what can we get out of this for money? stage until about 2011 when I met a gentleman from another business at a business meeting who was into spirituality and we sat down and had a conversation we were chatting away and he said do you know that you were actually in the uh, American Civil War and I said yes I did and we got into this conversation and long story short I got involved with his business I helped him financially and I met a Reiki master 
in 2013, I was attuned to Reiki one. Couldn't stand the woman, to be perfectly honest. So uh, I had to look around for a new master because somebody said, well, go and talk to somebody you like. And as a result of that, in 2015, I met a lady called Sam Goddard, who was into Holy Fire Reiki. And that's where I started. Uh, by the end of 2015, I was a Reiki master practitioner teacher. And I haven't sort of looked back. Now, with regard to my business, taking two steps backwards, I was in a position where I was earning a huge amount of money by most people's standards, had a great lifestyle, wonderful house, three other houses in the UK. And in 2013, when I was first attuned to Reiki, my whole life started changing. I started thinking, how much money do you actually need to enjoy yourself? Why slog yourself out for the next 10, 20 years to get all this money and then do what with? As a result, I sold my business inside two years moved from a beautiful house in England, uh, sold two of my other houses, and I now live in a community of 250 people who don't speak English. But the energy is stunning, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. And Reiki pretty much changed my life. Um, I'm very calm, I don't get stressed anymore. I do exactly what I want, when I want, and there aren't many people you can say can, can actually do that. Um, I get to travel. Um, Pre-COVID, of course, at the moment, we can't go anywhere and not without huge restrictions. Uh, and I look forward to coming back to America again at some time. That's Very fantastic. I have to say that were you always interested in moving and living in Spain or was that as you were processing after the first attunement that you it just popped in? I'm moving to Spain. It's an interesting one. By the time I came and became a math, Reiki master teacher, I wasn't actually sure I wanted to teach. Um, and somebody said to me, well, the best way to learn is to actually teach. So I took a course and took another course. And I thought, this is great. At that stage, I knew I didn't want to live in England. It's a really odd feeling. And believe it or not, I, I don't know if any of you guys use dowsing at all. I don't. Yeah. I, I use when I'm asking questions of guides that I need a specific answer. Basically, um, we doused a map of Spain and that's where we settled. <laughs> it really is that simple. Um, we sit on a huge energy center here. I'm in a little tiny place called Berocal up in the Sierras, uh, way north of Seville. Uh, most people have never even heard of it, but the energy here is absolutely fantastic and I love it. That, that's my, my dream, quite frankly. What you were saying, you can do what you want, when you want, you're not looking back and you are happy. And I've been working towards that similar lifestyle and concept. And I'm happy to say I'll probably achieve that. No, not probably. I will achieve that within the next three to five years. So I look forward to jo joining you on that freedom journey. It was quite funny because I used I, I had a, a very large company as an accountant um, in England and uh, my accountant, a lovely, lovely guy, used to come for lunch once every six months, go through the accounts, do all the other bits and pieces, say, I've saved you all this money, by the way, you can do that, you know, as they do. And uh, he had probably 500 clients and he said, of those clients, half of them want to do what you do. He said, but I've never in my life come across one who's actually done it there's a lot of people out there who want this but the problem is they're too afraid to step out of the comfort zone or stop earning money basically because we need all these commodities that people say we must have and actually do it i don't know anybody else who has yet but i i wish you well on your journey because it is such a nice feeling basically to say bugger off to the rest of the world you know this is me this is what I'm going to do don't care what you think about it this is me I'm off and that's what I do oh that's so beautiful so Rick um what are the main differences between Yusui Reiki and Holy Fire can you go into a little more detail about that do you need to be yeah. trained in one in order yeah. to have the other Absolutely. Asui Reiki is very traditional and you still, when you go through the attune, are you, uh, are you familiar with the Asui Reiki system? Yes. Brilliant. So your attunements are hands-on. 
basically. You know how it works. I've done several attunements uh, sui-wise. With the holy fire system on the last upgrade, we replaced attunements with ignitions and placements. Now, very, very simply, ignitions and placements are all by guided meditation. There is no hands-on or touching between the master and the student. The theory is that because there's no physical involvement, there is a pure energy coming through. It's, you don't have the master's energy directly influencing the person who's being attuned. And that's the theory behind it. It works extremely well. I was surprised. When I first took it on, I thought, oh, no, we've got to do the attunement. No. And it works an absolute treat. And it's fantastic. It, it, it's, it's just like channeling energy when you're doing a distant healing. The only difference is you're guiding your students into a position where you then leave them for anything up to an hour to experience their own attunement. And it's very, very, it's actually very clean. It, that's, that's probably about the best way I can actually explain it. Uh, but it's a lovely process, wonderful process. And that is the main difference, to be honest. We do have an extra symbol as well to represent holy fire, but the other symbols are all basic usui. Can you tell us, um, like, how did it first get started, um, since it's a relatively, um, you know, newer system? Mm, yeah, a gentleman called William Lee Rand. Uh, now, he's been practicing Reiki since 1981, so he's been at this for 40 years, the guy has. And funny enough, he's American. Um, the ins uh, the uh, International Center for Reiki Training he established, which is in Michigan, uh, in 1994, 1995, he discovered the Karuna Reiki style, which was um, part of Sui, part Tibetan, and the symbols are mainly Tibetan. In 2014, he was guided along with his spiritual advisor in connection with one of his guides, which happens to be Jesus. Uh, again, it's got the religious connotations, but it's mainly because Jesus was a fantastic healer that we actually refer to him a lot. And a lot of healers do use the Jesus concept. Uh, and in 2014, he was guided to change the way he taught Reiki and call it Holy Father. Uh, from there in 2015, there was an upgrade, hence Holy Fire Reiki 2, and 2018, Holy Fire Reiki 3, which is literally got rid of the, attune uh, the attunements now ignition and placements. But that's basically how it started. How long does it take um, for someone to go through the levels? To be perfectly honest, I mean, uh, I haven't actually taught one and two in the same weekend. I've been asked once or twice, but due to COVID, um, my last plan to come to America was to go down to West Virginia and teach a course of eight people, but it, it, of course it didn't come about. One and two are regularly taught on the same weekend. Uh, I have come across somebody who taught one, two and three, um, and short of shooting them, uh, which I didn't at the time, uh, because I can't really see how you can settle into one and two, which is an awful lot of information, without having, in my I tend to say to people, I'm not going to attune you to three for six months. I want you to experience one and two. One is very much about healing yourself. And I, I firmly believe that if you can teach one on its own, it's better to do so. I think it just settles in the body better. Same way I was taught. Uh, two, of course, you're taking on the concept of distant healing, which is a, a huge jump for some people to take on board. And three, of course, you're then raising your vibrational level if you want to go to advanced and then teacher after that that's absolutely fine i've taught people who only ever wanted to deal with reiki on their own uh to level three and i respect that that's absolutely fine because for a lot of people it's it's just their experience they want their experience to carry on which is absolutely fine i've taught teachers who've never taught you know again that is their experience that's not a problem um i would say i can do one and two in a complete weekend it would take me three days Holy Fire Reiki 3 takes three days on its own because the first placement or ignition, in this case, has to be 24 hours before you start teaching. And it's a purification process. That's, that's the main difference there. But again, that's a three-day process. I would say six months ideally between courses. What I like about Holy Fire Reiki that I read, and, and you can clarify this and maybe explain this, is that it continues to develop and 
that they actually help you in daily life without consciously thinking about it. It's this constant growth within you that started with this fire that you're, that you are blessed with, if you will. Is that making sense to you, Rick? Or is that? Yeah. Yes, it is. Holy fire Reiki, it progresses. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've looked at other um, modalities of Reiki. I've never been tempted to take any up, funnily enough. I've always been uh, straight down the line, holy fire Reiki, that suited my purpose. Now, a lot of people like different, like to look at different things and go in different directions. I've always been, fine, this suits me, this is the direction I'm going to go in. Um, holy fire, for me, has progressed I mean, my life, taking it from the business point of view to where I am now, and I still progress. I think I'll probably be still learning if I'm alive, still alive in 25 years' time from Holy Fire. There are a few things about it that are I've never come across in other um, modalities or other teachers. Um, one of them is um, it's and I've never used this. However, William Rand does say that it's specifically very, very good for dealing with religious trauma, for instance, which I find a bit of an anomaly because religion and spirituality, although are two completely different things, you can be very religious and very spiritual. I've, I wouldn't say to anybody, this is wrong, this is right. I often say to people, look, what works for you is fantastic. Yeah? If you're into color therapy, sound therapy, I don't mind. And I do, I mean, Jen, you'll know that I do a monthly Reiki session for the world. Basically, I connect people to a crystal grid. I have 18 other healers that come on board at various times, different numbers. I have other therapists in there. I don't restrict it to Reiki. I have color therapists. I have sound therapists. I have yoga therapists. I have meditators. They all come on board. I don't say to people, Reiki is the be all and end all, because for a lot of people, it's a portion of their world taking them in the right direction. Yeah. For me, it's made a huge difference in my life. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't even earn enough these days to pay tax, which is really upsetting to the UK system, obviously, you know, but I paid enough when I was working, that wasn't a problem. But people, a lot of the time, can't understand why you're not making huge amounts of money to do things. Reiki basically just said, fine, this is you, get on with it. And I'm very content in what I'm doing. But it does continue to grow. Uh, I wake up in the mornings and I think, oh, what should I do today? What a fantastic day. Well, yeah, I'll go down the garden. I've got three gardens here, by the way. This time of the year, I'm up to my eyeballs in it. I've got about 100 tomato plants on the go and things like this. And we've now learned to bottle them. And my hands in the earth, I'm very content. It, it's my happiest position to be in. Except when I'm teaching, I love teaching. I really do. But when I practice Reiki here, and I do it quite often, um, I've got people here I've dealt with for four or five years on a regular basis. I don't charge money. It's quite interesting. And they're trying, the Spanish are still trying to get their head around this. And I said, well, look, I'll give you the first session for free, whoever it is, because if you don't like me, don't come back. You don't feel obliged to do so. But after that, I'll take honey, I'll take eggs, I'll take meat, I'll take fruit, but I won't take money. And they're getting used to me here now. They've had me for five years, so it's coming up. But again, it, it's for me, it is nothing to do with not requiring money it's all to do with how i want to work and it's as simple as that i mean you jen i've been over to pittsburgh twice you know me i don't exactly charge the earth for these things you yeah, know when yeah. i give reiki sessions it was done by donation it's not i agree wholeheartedly a hundred percent with the concept of um giving energy back and i will take that every single time whichever form it is um, but I can't get excited about earning huge amounts of money to give something that people should really have in a very simple sense. Right. And then they have to be ready and they have to be right for it. So Absolutely. if you're starting to, you know, it, it, exactly, Rick, I, I totally appreciate that. It has to come from when you're doing this, it has to be about attracting the right people who are ready. And it's very hard to place that in a business model. You know, it yes. really is. It's actually... I question it, to be honest. Yeah, I know. And again, it's it's wonderful. And um, I think a lot of people can benefit from that. But there's something that that I 
I know there's a lot of other things you can do to incorporate Reiki magic, Reiki practice into your daily life, even when you're doing other things. So when you're doing your family or your job that you do every day, you know, you can incorporate these things into that and then see where that brings you as far as pulling in the right people. Um, I do believe in energy exchange because we all have busy lives and we all take that time to say, this is my time is valuable prepping for the session or the training and then you know going and, and accepting energy for that which i think that's the main thing but i still only wait for those right people to come to me it's very interesting and i i do like what you say about trading you know in your village that you selected and giving giving product or love or grace in return i think that's such a beautiful thing i'd love to see the world get to that point but you know, maybe a, a far way off. <laughs> That's great. Does anybody else have any questions? I know we have some more questions we definitely want to ask. I do. So this is Heather. My question is for Holy Fire Reiki, do you need to have the Yusui tumors before then, or can you receive the Holy Fire ignitions by themselves? Heather, no. Um, you can, it's like any other Reiki, you can walk straight in, do Holy Fire 1, 2, and 3 without any okay. concept or, or having to go through another system. It sits on its own. Okay. Uh, Rick, this is Tracy. Um, when you're um, doing sessions, um, do you notice a difference be from like Holy Fire Reiki and Yasui Reiki? And then also, do you feel like the client notes notices a difference? Like if they've had both types of, um, or do you incorporate it all together? Or how do you, like, how do you do your stuff? The answer to the question is, I mean, I don't think about um, introducing both concepts at the same time. I have Reiki within me and that's how I apply it. I firmly believe that the differences between somebody having Reiki with one person and somebody having Reiki with another is purely the person who's actually channeling the energy. And I'll give you an example. Um, Jen, um, oh, who is it I was giving Reiki to? Oh, Kundalini Master. It's not Autumn. Yes, Autumn right? She'd only ever, ever had Reiki from one man before, which I, I was chatting to her about. And I said, well, come and have a Reiki session. She says, and we were chatting away about it. And she, I said, so how did the Reiki session go with this guy? And she said, he put his hands on my head and never moved for an hour. I said, okay. I said, well, I'm not going to do that because intuitively, which is the way I teach anyway, you go where you're guided to go. And if you don't have any guidance, then you start at the top and work your way down the body and you'll soon get the hang of it. And when I finished, she said, my God, I never felt anything like that. I said, yeah, but you've never had a session with a different person. So it really is the person who's channeling rather than the energy they're channeling that I've found in the past. I don't know um, if, I, if I channel purely Usui or purely Holy Fire, people don't notice the difference. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think about the difference. I don't think, Right, I've got to switch off to this and put onto the. It's not how I work. It's in me. It's channeled. It's it's clear channeling. There are certain things I do to make sure I'm not involved. Um, always protecting, of course, down to the wrists. So uh, a lot of the stuff on Facebook, I'm I'm part of a, a group, and I I do despair at some of the questions that come back. But because I'm always thinking, doesn't your master teach you this? You know, or go back and talk to them. And there are an awful lot of people who do Reiki online but then get no reference to go back and ask questions. All of my students know how they can get hold of me. If they have a question, they phone me or they email me or they message me or, they, or they'll come across or we'll have a conversation and we'll discuss it and I'll tell them how I dealt with it or if I can't deal with it, I'll pass them to somebody who can. Now, if you're going to take on the mantle of master, and to be honest, master to me is the fact that I've been mastered by Reiki, nothing to do with my ability to teach then you should take on the responsibility of looking after those people for the rest of their lives or the rest of your life. In my case, I'm older than most people. So, yeah, the rest of my life, if you like, but uh, yeah. Sorry. Did I go off on a tangent on that? No, one? no, no, no. It was <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Christina. 
We interrupted your question. No, no, I interrupted because, uh, so I apologize on that, but I, as Tracy was asking that question, I just, I was curious as well because I, I wasn't sure if, if it would feel different or if you as the practitioner would feel um, a difference as well. Um, so that, that was a beautiful answer. There's something in uh, Holy Fire Reiki we're taught very early on called Biosin Scan. Has anybody come across this before? Well, Jen, you should have done because I've taught you it. Yeah. Okay. Biosin yeah. Scan is actually settling the client on the bed, doing all your bits and pieces, getting into a position where you're happy to proceed and then taking your non-dominant hand left in my case starting at the head and running very gently over the body and what you're doing is feeling the aura of people and if you once you get used to it and you you get your, your hand moves up and down with people's auras it's quite funny but biosin means disease line in japanese so you're looking for anomalies within the body to start with and then you come in with the the dominant hand and you actually apply reiki to that portion um now a lot of um, people aren't taught this sort of thing and it's not advanced this is basic this is stuff that students should be taught to begin with so they can start practicing and feeling and you can do it to yourself you know damn well you wake up in the morning you either go oh god i want to stay in bed or you get up and go yes let's get on with the day and it's all about energy the energy portion people a lot of the teachers kind of skip over whereas I tend to spend about two hours on the first course dealing with energy because people don't understand what it is they don't know how to apply it and they don't also understand a lot of the time that negative thoughts is negative energy and the worst thing you can do is start your day off with a negative thought because you'll just float through the day on that downer Whereas if you start off the day and go, yes, I'm going to have a great day, you tend to follow that thought. And energy is a really simple stuff. I don't find Reiki complicated at all. When I teach, I teach in a very simple form. And I gear my lessons to the people I'm teaching. So it's never exactly the same course, which people find fascinating when they watch me. They say, well, you didn't say that yesterday. Yep, different people today. You know. Um, but I do follow all of the correct principles. And even if there are portions of Reiki, Holy Fire Reiki, that I disagree with, and there are, I still teach it. Allow people to make up their own minds. I've known Reiki teachers, God, forgive me, my niece took Reiki one and then came back to me and said, yeah, that was great. And I said, well, tell me all about it. She said, oh, this was fantastic. Just one thing I'm correct. And I said, what's that? She says, um, the teacher says, I don't believe in distance healing. And I said, okay, you're not going back to that teacher then. Wow, no. <laughs> and I'm thinking, teach it. You know, let somebody else make the decision. Don't decide for them. That's not your job. And I find this really frustrating, which is one of the reasons, believe it or not, I went from England to America and Canada to teach. Because I had lots and lots and lots of people online going, Rick, there's no Reiki teachers here. I said, hang on, there's got to be Reiki teachers there. And they said, well, not within a thousand miles. I thought, okay, fine, I'll come and teach you. And they say, you're joking. I said, no, I'll fly over and teach you. And that's exactly what happened. So hence how I got in touch with Jen eventually and ended up in Pittsburgh. So, so if you're wondering what happened, why some idiot in Spain flew all the way to, you know, to teach six or seven people in West Virginia, my first course, it's quite I'm uh, very uh, excited to get started with that. We were going to start the process of Holy Fire and then I, this COVID hit. So he was planning on coming out in April, that April. It was, uh, yeah, we had scheduled the course. And so just wasn't meant to be, wasn't timing. And so I guess too, I love what you said about distance Reiki. I was going to ask a little bit about that. And, he, and I have had Reiki, distance Reiki from Rick which is very powerful. Uh, it is very different. And it, you explained it to me as well. There are differences between receiving Reiki from energy from a male versus a female. And I know there's a lot of information out there and kind of cross lines with gender and everything. I'm talking about energy. I'm very much talking about energy. And so it was a very different experience. I felt it. It was very, very different. Like it was extremely I, I don't have the words to describe it, just different, different in a great way. It was, 
I felt it immediately. It was very black and white. It was, you know, when it stopped and you knew when it started, it wasn't, it was almost like receiving a medical pro procedure. Like you knew when they were doing the incision, you know what I'm saying? It was very defined. Uh, whereas there's a lot of different emotions and things that go into, I think an intuition that go into a female energy, same as male. I mean, we, 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 we both, we all have balances of both energies. But yeah, it was, and it was an amazing session. I wanted to ask you about not only distance Reiki, but your feeling about delivering Reiki to someone, whether it's Holy Fire or Yusui, to someone who doesn't know they're receiving it. Mm. And are you a proponent of asking higher self for permission? Is that what you do? Or someone who like may not be well, who maybe not believe in all of this, who you know, if you ask them straight out, it would probably be not a great response, but who you want to, you care about. <laughs> okay. It's come up so many times, you know, it come, it's come up with our group even. It, it's a really difficult one because I, there are arguments for and against. I've given Reiki to people in a coma who couldn't give permission. Uh, I tend to ask my guides, I really do. Now, um, Christina will probably understand this. I do a lot of, and you know that I do a lot of clearance work uh, as well as Reiki work. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the time on that side, the one question I always, always ask before I even start is not can I, it's should I? And I'm very specific about that. And I have to say seven times out of 10, they'll go, yes, go ahead. The other three times they'll say, no, and I won't touch you with a barge pole. I've never gone against that and I won't. I trust my higher self, guides, intuitive, whatever you want to call it. And I think if you don't trust it, then you can't do that sort of work anyway. Reiki is very similar. You have to have a very, very strong trust in your own ability to channel pure energy. Yeah. And a lot of people have a real problem with this with Reiki, especially on Reiki 1 where we're teaching people because you can't touch it, feel it, see it, or taste it a lot of the time. How do you know it's working? You have to trust that it works, and it does. And I'm not the most intuitive of, of people. I often uh, will do a complete Reiki session, and right at the end, I'll get something about a client. But it's very rare. I'm not one of these people who receives messages all the time. I am what they call clear cognate. I know when something is and something isn't. And that's how I get it. And the best way I can actually describe it, I get a tap on the back of the head and it goes, that's over there. That's how you do it. Or this is correct or this is incorrect. But people often ask me, what did I get? And I said, well, tingly fingers and I've got a very warm hand. My left hand was a bit cold, you know. Um, the biggest thing I get from people is that I can have my hands all over the body and on their feet and they will only ever feel them when I reach the feet. They said, we actually touch you, I said, yes. Or how many pairs of hands have you got? Because it felt like there were about eight on me. You know, it happens quite a lot with Reiki. But I do deal with ascended masters, which a lot of Reiki masters do. I often ask them to step in because I haven't got a clue what I'm dealing with here. You know? um, and I'm not afraid of that at all. Um, but for me, it's just a clear channel. What does it feel like? Or have you received feedback from people that have received a session what does holy fire Reiki feel like afterwards, <laughs> the, the processing? <laughs> I often say to people before we start, if we finish and you're not laughing, crying or snoring, I'm probably doing something wrong. <laughs> because oftentimes they're very, very relaxed. I've had the opposite case where they're wired, literally, and I have to bring them back down to ground before I let them <laughs> on the table. I've had emotional outbursts. I've had ladies burst into tears, uh, especially when you're working around the hips. It seems to be, ladies, this is where you hold all your energy and all your emotion. With men, it tends to be the shoulders. And I've had them burst into tears as well. Um, I've got one gentleman I've raked four times, put him on the table, put my hands on his head, and he's gone to sleep. He snored for an hour every <laughs> single time. As soon as I touch him, he has a problem sleeping. He's out like a light. Doesn't remember a damn thing. I've had uh, a lady who started at the top and was tingling. By the time I got to her middle, she was freezing. By the time I got to her feet, she was red hot. I've had people say, I've 
did you open a door because there's a wind that came through and there's absolutely nothing in the room you know you get all sorts of things i mean if you practice reiki if you've given reiki you know what you get you know left hand will be cold right hand will be hot what the hell's going on here um i mean i teach uh, reiki with crystals both with the client holding them and a line under the bed i teach with a reiki grid um i teach advanced um trauma removal um i will do on certain in certain um sessions if it's required i'll do regressive therapy through reiki which is much kinder than doing it any other way it's much simpler much much softer reiki is very 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 soft in, in its in its in the way it does things and i've had success at all i've had very few miracles uh in other words i haven't had many people who've instantly been cured of something up fixed a knee but you know that wasn't the thing and I once had a gentleman quite early on which shocked the hell out of me who came to me with his wife and they were sat in my waiting room if you like as it was at the time and I came out and looked at him and he was grey absolutely grey you know somebody's had a heart attack have you ever seen them they just lost all their colour and I looked at him and I put my hand on his chest and all I did was just channel Reiki to him and he went pink and sat down and that's the only time I've had an instant response and he said, bloody hell, what was that? And I said, are you having a heart attack? And we sat there and had a discussion for about half an hour before I took him into the Reiki. Um, but it, it's very rare that sort of thing happens. I have a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of feedback from my monthly Reiki sessions from people who have emotional outbursts afterwards or they will just sleep for eight hours or I get all sorts of things. And these sessions, it's something I started about three and a half years ago, I thought, Let's see if it works. Nobody tells me I can't give Reiki to more than, you know, 100 people at a time. Um, the last one we did, I had 1,800 people. And I had 18 Reiki practitioners at the same time. And we got a lovely, lovely response. So I've just carried it on. Um, nobody said I can't. And the great thing about Reiki is um, try it. If it doesn't work 100 times, once you've tried it 100 times, it isn't going to work. I'll accept that. If you try it once and fail, I'm sorry, I don't accept that. You know? But if it's in your mind and you want to try it, try it. You know, you can't hurt anybody with Reiki. That's the great thing. I've Reiki babies. I've Reiki pregnant women. I've Reiki 100-year-old people. You know, I've actually helped people cross with Reiki, which is really um, emotive. That kind of hits you pretty hard. Um, I cross souls on a regular basis. Um, it's a different thing altogether, taking a, a person who's alive and actually crossing. But I've been asked by families to do this. You know, they know me here. So, But it, it's, like I say, you, you're learning all the time. It, it's it's just such, such a gift. I look at it that way. Really. I have two questions, so don't let me forget to ask the second one because I, <laughs> because more questions were coming. They, they they came up from when you were just talking now, right? This is okay. great. Um, first of all, when, so when you're working with a client, and I know some practitioners say like you need to go to this many sessions to see results. Um, I personally tell people, you know, come back when you feel like you need it. Do you have um, what is your theory about how many sessions a person should have or how far apart or i'm a little bit like you so if you want some more please come back i've got um, a lady i have reikied regularly and i mean more than twice a month for four years um i won't tell you what her problem was it is cured uh, that's not a problem uh, she doesn't have the same um, situation she's in now, but she comes back because she says, actually, I feel a little bit lost if I don't have it. I said, this is a habit you're going to have to break. You know, let's cut it down to once. And she goes, no, no, I'm coming back. And she keeps coming back. And she's actually a very good friend of mine anyway. And I, I don't believe you can have too many Reiki sessions. Uh, and it is accumulative. And you can see that in people. If you take them for one, two, three, four sessions, it changes the the Reiki is not the same every single time. You can almost see them building up, especially if you know specifically what their problem is. And as long as you talk to them beforehand, which I presume you do before your sessions, you, you need to document everything. In America, it's much worse than anywhere else in Europe. Um, there are states in America where you need a massage license. Yeah. For Reiki. Yeah, you can't touch. 
you can't they there are people you you they have they have to hover the whole time if they don't have a license they can't touch i had this discussion with somebody in an airport who was a masseur and a reiki teacher uh where were we houston airport i had about a three hour layover before my next flight and we were chatting away. I said, oh, what do you do? So I'm a master. I said, I'm a Reiki master. Oh, yeah. Are you licensed? No. Oh, got to be licensed. I said, why? And they said, well, you can't touch anybody. I said, why not? Why do I need a massage license to touch somebody? I said, do you actually touch people or do you move your hands around? Well, I move your hands around. I said, well, why do I need a massage license? I don't. I said, oh, and there was this big discussion about stuff. And we decided in the end that license was a waste of bloody time unless they fell off the table. That was the only thing you needed it for. And I said, if you're going to let a client fall off the table, you've got a real problem. You shouldn't leave them alone anyway. But, and it, but it's, and then other states, you don't. It's, it's really weird. It's, I don't know. I'm a firm believer that Reiki, I've never hurt anybody with Reiki, ever. You know, in, in eight years, I've been practicing on people, hands-on, never hurt anybody. And I don't believe it can. Um, but licensing, that is for somebody else's pocket, I'm afraid. What was your second question? Well, you mentioned crystals. Do you, uh, so I guess you use crystals during some of your sessions or all of them. Do you use any other tools during your sessions? I do. I will use uh, dowsing. <laughs> so I use, uh, I've actually got a piece of Moldavite on a piece of string. Funny, nothing, nothing complicated with me. Um, and I teach dowsing. So I will teach people how to douse, if you like. I remember about Rick is when he did, you know, he really told me about how to choose a pendulum. And so, you know, that's one of the things. So I, I just was, I said, don't forget your pendulum because I knew you were going to say, say it. But, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So I can use, I use crystals. I tend to infuse candles with lavender oil, um, which what I do, I like, I use um, the eight hour candles. I've got eight or nine of them in the room. And it's the only thing I have light-wise when I'm actually practicing Reiki. Uh, I've got a crystal bowl, which is A, which is about this big, and it's beautiful. And I've got a metal crystal bowl, which I, a uh, metal, metal bowl, which I use to clear the room with. So I use sound to clear the room. I've got two rattles, one Native American, and one that was actually made by, I can't remember his name, somebody in, I was in Mount Shasta and bought one there. Uh, fascinating place. Um, what else do I use? Uh, I use incense, but I tend to burn that beforehand simply because if a client comes in and they've got a cough or something, you don't want smoke in their, their face or anything like that. Um, but yeah, but I'll use anything that I think is is necessary for the client. I, I haven't had anything. Oh, crystal balls. Oh, oh, I've got some stunning crystal balls. I've got... Um, I've got a, a particular one, uh, which is obsidian, a very large obsidian. <laughs> one. If you like crystal, you'll love these. And I used to take a, a spiritual ses session in the UK, and it was, it was full of ladies who loved to talk, um, and three especially. I could not shut them up. It was lovely, lovely people, but they just liked to say the sound of their own voices. And I took this obsidian. I said, right, okay. I thought we'd do something different today. So I brought a crystal ball along with it. Oh, great. So I put this obsidian in the middle of the room and closed them down for an hour. And they said afterwards, don't bring that back again. But what it does, it literally shuts off your energy. It's fantastic. Most people can't use them unless you've got a corpse with it to clear it up. But it's a beautiful, beautiful stone. And they call it the uh, truth stone. Because the one thing you do, if you sit and meditate, it, it will give you the truth, good or bad. It really is an amazing crystal. But yeah, I've got uh, all sorts of things I use. I have a question. First of all, I wanted to, Rick is going to get into some of the other things that he has, he's a master at, which is the passing. Um, and, and we're going to talk about uh, removal of energies and things like that a little bit later in our podcast season. So don't don't give anything away with that, Rick, yet, because we'll we'll talk to you later in the year about that. But anyway, I, I wanted to talk um a little bit about it just escaped me. Sorry, someone else come in with a question and I'll remember it. Hey Rick, it's Christy. I just wanted to chime in real quick and just say um Thank you for what you said about um, basically saying that with Reiki results aren't typical because 
sometimes we don't really discuss the fact that, yeah, we can talk about, you know, Reiki is wonderful and it does all these great things, but sometimes we don't have the magical outcomes that people might expect coming into it. And it's just important to acknowledge that, you know, you'll get whatever you are going to receive from the Reiki, but it's not necessarily going to be this amazing thing sometimes. Absolutely. No. And, and most of the time, I often say to clients, they say, well, what's Reiki? And I say, well, Reiki is a relaxation technique with health benefits. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty basic guy. I go in, give Reiki, um, find out what they want. I will concentrate on an area, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. You need this and need this. And I said, well, what you need doesn't really matter. I said, if you've got a bad knee, right, and you come to me and say, Rick, I've got a bad knee. I said, it won't necessarily heal your knee. I said, you've got a chip on your shoulder and that's your biggest problem. We'll probably get rid of that first. I've got a chip on my shoulder. I said, no, I'm trying to explain. Really funny. Anyway, the end of the session, she woke up. She said, crikey, my knee feels good. Mm-hmm. And she did have a bad knee, but she didn't actually say it at the time. It's really funny. It's really hilarious. <laughs> but it, it's not. Um, Reiki is not typical. People assume that you have the ability to do something about their problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas really, all Reiki is, is energy I channel for your body to pick up. And your body will fix whatever you need fixing. It might be spiritual, mental, emotional. It might be physical. I can't tell you what that's going to be. And I, I would never say, oh, yes, we can fix this with five sessions, which is why I, I get a little bit annoyed with people say, yes, you need six sessions to fix this. And I'll go, so what's going to happen in the six sessions? You know, oh, well, it'll just get back to me. No, I'm sorry, this doesn't work with me. You know, And people know. Pe- people intuitively know. Um, I mean, I've got people here. This is, this is quite a religious village. Very heavily Catholic. I mean, the ladies still go to mass on a Saturday. They, you know, they take off their now. Shouldn't shouldn't be blase about this. They they get dressed up in their best finery and off they go on a Saturday afternoon. And the guys go to the bar. That's still very traditional Spanish in the rural community. I kid you not. And this isn't taking the Mickey out of That's exactly what happens. Um, if there's a funeral, ladies go to the church. The guys cheer up the bar. Say, yeah, we'll have a drink on. And that's how they work. Um, so talking about something like Reiki here is actually quite tricky. Funnily enough, my first Reiki client here is now the mayoress, which is actually quite useful. And what she did, she fell down some concrete stairs and hurt her back. And a very good friend of mine who actually speaks English, doesn't live here. We were going down. She said, oh, we've just got to pop in and say hello to my friend. So I said, hello to your friend. And she said, why don't you give her Reiki? I said, okay. So I gave her four sessions and she was fine. Now, I'm not saying Reiki did that, but it obviously helped with relaxation. That's what it does. And of course, so basically, um, people like me here because the mayor says, oh, he's good. He's okay. He can, you know, he's not a witch doctor, basically, which, which is what it turns out to be. But yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I would never, you, you just can't do that. It's, it's not something, people who tend to do that tend to be a little bit egotistic, I think, uh, or wish they could do it. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to be able to, but uh, no, hands on heart. I often say to people, and um, I won't give anything away, Jen, by the way, on this, even with the shadow work I do or the warrior work, whatever you want to call it, all I say to people about Reiki is this is how I look at myself. If you take, and Jen will have heard this, a bucket of water, still water, and you take a grain of sand and drop it into the middle, you make tiny ripples. If I can affect one person with one of my ripples and they can affect somebody else and they can affect somebody who does something really, really good, fantastic. My job's done. And that's how I tend to look at it. That's amazing. I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a simple thinker. Um, I hated school with a vengeance. I had hair much longer than yours, Christine, when I left. Uh, I used to skim off and go fishing most of the time. I left at 16 and a quarter. Actually, I was expelled, funnily enough. At 16 and three quarters, I joined the army. And that kind of changed my life. They cut my hair off for a start, so I wasn't half as pretty as I am today. But um, I I don't know whether that sort of gave me the grounding to life. I've been very, very lucky. Um, I don't know. Did I tell you, Jen, about my accident on November the 26th? Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. I'm the greatest exponent of Reiki going. I was uh, building a mezzanine floor in a garage and I was 12 foot up on a ladder and the ladder slipped and I fell the 12 foot onto the ladder. Um, I broke my pelvis, broke my shoulder blade. I broke seven ribs in eight or nine places and punctured a lung. 
I was rushed off to hospital. I was in ICU for five days uh, and I was in hospital bed for another five days. The consultant came in on day five when I got up and said, fine. He said, uh, okay, you're 62 years of age, Rick. He said, realistically, you're going to be at four to six weeks. I walked out on a Zimmer frame in nine days. I was walking in the village without one after four weeks. Bones have all healed. Tendons take a little bit longer. But I have nothing else to do except lay on my back and give myself Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, so I can't really argue against. And the consultant still can't quite understand what happened. Um, I mean, three months to the day, I was actually cleared from the hospital completely. Lungs healed, breathing back to normal. Um, I mean, if you want uh, a lesson about Reiki, that's about the best one I can give you, I'm afraid. I love that you talked about self-healing because I feel that people need to know that, that this isn't just us putting energy. I mean, you know, I stay away from calling us healers because I feel like it's simply a channeled energy. Now, I've been told that there is some merit in stating that we do have as you do it more and more and more and more, there are different levels of being able to channel healing. So you have a very important role as yourself in the process. But when you channel the energy to somebody, it really ignites, as you say in Holy Fire Reiki, their ability to heal themselves. It gets the energy aligned within them that triggers that healing process within them. And you can consciously tell them how to do this. I've taken people's hands and placed their own hands on certain body parts so that they understand and feel the heat of what their own hands can deliver. And these aren't necessarily attuned people, but they've sort of been doing indirectly, maybe hand healing with their profession in the daytime or whatever. I just love that, that I feel Reiki is about really relaxation and also teaching people how to receive the energy and trigger their own healing within themselves. I just love that um, because everyone can do it. Really, everyone can do it. And then it's just how much you practice that channeling um, and it helps you too. You know, the one thing I did forget before I wanted to talk about was Rick is a warrior. So he does, he has a very, he has a ability to, and he attracts sometimes people who need help in getting rid of negative energy. And that's energy that not, is not necessarily, you know, just a blockage. There are energies that sometimes attach to you that can really affect the way you are processing within yourself, within your, it, it can, they can affect your physical health or your emotional stability, that kind of thing. When he does his sessions, he's told me, cause I've run into this once or twice as well, some of the people he sees, he is able to clear most everybody. And some of the people he sees while he's able to help them in whatever way he can, there are certain times when he cannot touch the energy. I'm fascinated with this. I am fascinated with it. I've run into it in the past. And I just, I have to have you talk about certain cases in Reiki because it's so interesting you just have to step away from the energy and it's karmic. Take the floor. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Again, remember going back when I said the one question I always ask is, should I, even during a Reiki session, if I'm looking at something like this, I mean, this is the sort of thing that kind of hits you between the eyes. If you come across it, and you, you know the difference. A lot of people, um, and I've had Reiki masters come to me and say, what do you do about this? It just felt completely wrong. You know, and you can feel it. I'll give you a classic example about how energy works. Uh, how many people have actually walked into a room of people they've never met before and immediately thought, don't like him, don't like him, don't like him, like him. We've all done it, haven't we? Basically. Um, parties or whatever, it doesn't matter. But that is your aura touching somebody else's. That's energy. That's a feeling. That's intuitive. You should trust it. Now, your aura can work 30 yards out. Think about that. You could actually be sensitive enough to touch somebody from 60 yards away with your energy. 
Have you ever had anybody step right into your face and feel how comfortable it is? And that's all it is, is their energy. Okay. When you come across something like, when I come across something like that with the Reiki, the first question I ask is, okay, what is it? Chatting to me, guys, and they'll tell me roughly what it is. Um, after eight or nine years, you can I certain things. I'm still surprised occasionally, by the way. And I say, okay, fine. Okay. Don't really care where it comes from because that's not my problem. Should I deal with it? And the answer will either be yes or no. If it's no, walk away. End of story. Because all it tells me is that there is a part of their life they need to live through that you cannot interfere with at this stage. Don't argue with it. It's as simple as that. It's like just having another string to your bow, if you like. That's how I look at it. I don't look at it as anything special. I've been told, anybody ever heard about Jamie uh, Jamie Butler, the psychic, American, very famous lady, very, very good. I had two sessions with her over the phone uh, last year, quite funny. And one of the things she said almost immediately was, Rick, by the way, do you know you're a sweeper? And I said, excuse me? She said, a sweeper? You ever come across the term? I said, no. She says, people who stand in your energy are clean. They cleansed with your energy. I said, okay. I said, well, that explain why I can be walking through a supermarket and a total stranger will give me her life story, including all her brothers, sisters, daughters. Anybody else get this? It's energy. That's just people attracted to your energy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My wife used to be amazed and walking through a supermarket. She says, who was that? I said, I haven't got a clue. So you sure? She said, no. No idea whatsoever. Why are they talking to you? I said, it'll happen to you. Be careful. <laughs> but this is just your energy. It's your glow, if you like, to put it in a better word. And there's no other word to do it. I can reverse that and take the dark away. I don't know why. Okay. I do know how. Um, but I don't have... Um, let me try and put this in a polite... I don't have a problem with it. I don't... Um, I don't have physical reaction to it. I don't have an emotional reaction to it. And I was trying to teach somebody about this. Said, oh, we're warriors. And I said, great, okay, so let's go through how you do stuff. And one of the things I found that a lot of people can't do is actually step away from your emotions completely. It's almost like Reiki, where you step outside your body in clear channel. I have the ability to put my emotions to one side, deal with something, and then step back in them. A lot of people can't do that. Now, to do clearance work, you need to be able to do that because what happens is if you can't do that, it tends to hang on to your psyche and you tend to get emotional afterwards, which is why a lot of people can't deal with it. I think basically it's simply because in my brain, it's like that. I'm too thick to notice any difference. That was a joke, by the way. I say to people, I've got no sense, no feeling. It's not a problem, but that's how I tend to explain it. But it, it's just another thing that I accept. And I think uh, as long as you accepted things about your life, then you'll be fine. You know, but, yeah. That's important to know that we can't, you know, solve all problems. We can't, there's certain things we can't touch and that will reoccur with somebody and that they have to sift, they have to sort through it. There's karmic energy that they have to work through. You can't touch it. Um, I've had that only a few times and I test it with the pendulum. So that's how I, I mean, just, we, I think a lot of us who do Reiki do check chakra energy with pendulum. So yeah, thank you. When that comes up, like say during a session, is it just that you continue on to something else or do you actually say like, okay, I'm going to stop. Like, I, you know, like you stop the session or do you just continue and work on something else? Well, I just it kind of flows with me, I don't know. Because I'm outside looking in when I'm channeling energy anyway. It's not me physically, it's really my energy. So if I need to deal with something else, I can, actually. I've, I've just thought of something. I didn't think I could multitask, but actually I probably can. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a female trait. <laughs> Anybody else have any questions for Rick about Holy Fire Reiki or just his general Reiki technique? I'm trying to think of things that he and I have worked on together. And I just, honestly, he's, <laughs> yeah. Slimming technique, was it? Oh, the what? Slimming technique, was it? Slimming technique, yeah, I told him. I, the more I do Reiki, <laughs> I told him because in my active Reiki years, like when I was very much into, when I quit my job and I was doing Reiki all the time, I was eating the same exercise with the Reiki energy 
I almost, my body responded, it expanded. Like I was having cellular expansion during the Reiki process or doing Reiki all the time. And I had no idea why. And he and other people told me you need a certain amount of energy the hips. And, you know, you need some, some, cause I was very, very, very thin when I came out of my professional world and, you know, stressed, totally stressed, not eating properly. And then when I'm starting to relax into this and then letting that healing energy flow, it's almost like my body said, you have to have something to, to, you know, you have to have some power behind you, girl. So we joke about, I was going to learn holy fatty fire Reiki. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. you know, let the energy flow, you know, I'm like, I'm going to sit my, sit myself down here and, and learn. Um, I, I think you did it just to so you had somebody to blame. That was me. Yeah, I'm like that's your fault. <laughs> How about I do that? Can... I don't mind. I'll take. I'll take blame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was funny. It was funny. I, I literally witnessed like cellular expansion. I had no idea that that could be, but it makes sense because as your energy flows through your body, you do need. And then as I even stand in a session, you know, you have to have some sort of balance and some sort of. Um, it's quite amazing i don't think people quite realize reiki practitioners tend to see it more than most but just how much energy affects your body yeah i I have a very good friend in the uk and he used to study uh what was it i can't remember the name of it he was uh, an advisor but he could tell you because of where the pain was on your body what the psychological symptoms were and 99 times out of 100, it was absolutely spot on. Uh, for instance, and this isn't corrected anyway, it said if you've got a knee pain, it means you've had a traumatic experience with X, Y, Z. And it, it, it was amazing, quite amazing. And there's a study on it. There's um, just amazing studies like uh, numbers. Anybody use numbers? Do you know you can use a series of numbers to heal portions of your body? There's a book on it. On oh. talk. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite amazing yeah, yeah yeah there's a book and you'll have a series of six to eight numbers and you repeat them and you can you know mend your teeth you can fix your knee it's there's just fantastic things out there gong therapy anybody ever had a gong therapy oh my god if you get a chance <laughs> go for it the energy out of that is just amazing basically you stand in front of a gong and the guy plays it or a gong oh my God, it sort of knocks you off your feet. There's some fantastic things out there, some great stuff out there you need to experience. So you just say to people, oh, I'm going to try that and go buy one of them or the, you know, whatever it is. I mean, for me, crystal balls are gorgeous. Uh, just beautiful. The sound is just phenomenal. What I used to do is play it and then stick my head in it. <laughs> that is an experience, just to get the vibration through your ears. Quite incredible. Yeah, it's just, there's lots of stuff you can do, basically. <laughs> I want to talk about the gong therapy. I saw that once at Sterling, actually, Tracy. I've been to, yeah, that I've been to that a couple oh, times. Oh. And they set up um, a bunch of different gongs, and then you lay on the floor, and it's it's a, it's amazing. It like it's just, you can just feel. And I was at the. I did one before. It was the same group. It was elsewhere though. But they came around and they put the like a, a metal, like a singing bowl, like over, like they were over my solar plexus. So I knew that they were like working on my solar plexus, but yeah, they would put it on you or right over you and play as all the other gongs. It's, oh. It is quite amazing, isn't it? It is stunning, it really is, yeah. Yeah, if you want a good afternoon out, go to a gong therapy session or a drumming session. Anybody use drumming? Again, the sound. I've been to a drumming circle. Oh, when they get going, oh my God absolutely fantastic yeah i've got a drum i use as well mm. so if somebody really annoys me i just beat a drum by their ear you know <laughs> so rick so as far as remote you know we talked about remote Rick, because i'm going now into talking about what you offer in your services and i want to know a little bit about i i know we prefer to do reiki in person reiki teaching in person correct mm. And so if anybody's interested in actually learning Holy Fire Reiki, I know I would prefer to do it in person with you. Can that be done remotely? Any of that? I mean, I, I would think you have to have at least some of that in person with somebody, correct? It's an interesting one because William Rand in all of his books and all of his teachings said, under no circumstances can you teach Holy Fire remote. Then COVID came along. And his latest podcast is, we're going to teach you how to teach Holy Fire remote. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah see where it's coming from i can see why yeah i am happy to teach um 
Holy Fire one, and with an experienced practitioner two remotely. I won't teach three. I can't do it. Physically, I can't do it. I need to be in contact with the person I am teaching. Um, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm fairly sacrosanct about that. I couldn't teach three in any way, shape or form over distance. Because funnily enough, I've taught uh, one and two to a Spanish lady here. and My Spanish isn't good enough to teach. We had a great session. It took us four bloody days, but it was hilarious. And she is brilliant. She's really, really good. And she says, I want to come back for Holy Fire Reiki 3. And I said, great. When I get the language or we get an interpreter, we can. But I'm not going any further until we go any further. But uh, yeah, no, it, I, and I am quite happy to give advice and give guidance on Holy Fire 1 if you want to cover that. No problem at all, especially to existing practitioners. And I'm also very happy to answer any questions anybody's got. If you have questions, message me, send me an email. Very happy to sit down and answer. No problem at all. Yeah, what's one thing I do with Rick, I will message him questions if I run into something with Reiki or with energy. Uh, he's extremely helpful in any of that. <clears throat> and he has a lot of amazing guides that he pulls in. So, so what I'm going to do is just thank you, Rick, for joining us today. So enlightening. Um, thank you. Thank you for helping us better understand Holy Fire Reiki and how utilizing that can really help people just give them another way to find their own individual journeys to self-healing. So if anybody wants more information on what Rick can offer, uh, both advisement, you know, classes, Reiki sessions themselves, he does amazing re distant Reiki, as I said, anybody can contact him by email at 3491rcp at gmail.com, or you can call him at WhatsApp. It's plus 447562417. Five nine five, and all of this will be in the comments below. You can also message him on Facebook at Rick Credland hyphen Proctor, C R E D L A N D hyphen P R O C T O R. And I just want to thank you to all of our listeners out there for again spending time with us. Please do us a favor and tell your friends about Soul Infusion. Also, it would be helpful to us if you like what you hear, please write a review and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This really helps our podcast grow. So we'll be back soon for more podcast episodes where we will infuse your souls with topics like more about yoga, meditation, more tarot, all sorts of other metaphysical practices, including some information Rick has to offer us on clearing energy and other healing modalities. Thanks everyone for joining us today and hope to see you again soon. Bye. 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 The following podcast series is designed to educate, entertain, and inform, not to provide medical advice.